Presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here are your hosts, Ebisabi Yisa and Krista Rubin. We did it! We did it! Well, this is our 10th episode. Yes. And we don't have a lot of, I don't, I don't have a lot of, uh, I guess, concrete directions to give people at this point. I think we thought we would just do some final wrap-up thoughts on, I guess, the practical. Right. Just sort of a recap. Things to remember as, um, as you finish up the series of podcasts. Um, we've talked you through the steps. Right. We've given you resources. Right. As we've been saying all along, this is hard. Yes. And I think one important takeaway is this has to be a team effort. I totally agree. It, it cannot be one person deciding on their own whether something is or is not. I totally agree. Um, you need to ask for help. Yeah, and I think when you say team effort, like I want to be even more concrete. The one person that we hear from a lot, I think, is probation officers. Right. Who are like at their wits end, right? Right. And I want to be clear that we, when we say like one person should not be sitting alone, we mean the probation officer should not be sitting alone in his or her office like spinning their wheels. Right. Right. And by team effort, again, I want, Krista's nice, but I want to be really clear that it has to be the parties. Yes. You know, I don't, the amount of legal research that is required to do the categorical approach correctly, you know, is really a team effort. Yes. Right? Somebody has to look up what is least culpable conduct, right? Somebody's got to look up the jury instructions. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when we say a team effort, it's that I, I don't mean this to say that everybody's got to work towards the same goal. Right, I don't think right, that's right. true at all. Right, right. But I mean, in the actual, the work part of the categorical approach has to be done by everybody. That's right. Equally. <laughs> right, because there's so many pieces to it, right? Yep. So first you have to figure out, um, first you have to get the statute. Right. You have to have the right definition. Then you're looking at the force clause. Right. Maybe there's an enumerated issue. Right. Uh, what's the generic definition? Right. What are the elements? I mean, there's just so many things to determine. Getting the Shepard documents, I just remember. Exactly, you know? exactly. So um, it's hard. Yes. There sometimes isn't a right answer, right? Well, I think that's the other thing about the categorical approach is that unlike other parts of guideline calculation, where I can tell you most of the time, like, yes, this is a three-point conviction, or yes, apply this base offense level. When people call us about the categorical approach or when we teach it, like, I think I always start with, I don't have an answer. Right. I don't even know if a right answer exists because sometimes all you're going to have is government makes one argument, defendant makes another argument, and the court will decide. And that may not even be the end of it. Right. Maybe it's going to go to the circuit. Right. Maybe they're going to be split, right? And so the, the, the idea that we're striving for the right answer, I think I always strive to like show my work, right? And I think that's what the categorical approach does is it, if you just walk through the steps, whatever you get to at the end is an answer, 
Right. Right. And ultimately, the judge will make the call. Right. But I think the other thing, and I know we said, you know, takes a team effort, is I want to advise people to start early. Yes. Because, one, it takes a lot of time to get those documents, you know. And anyone who's ever tried to get, you know, documents from a case from 1985, I'm sure feels my pain, right? Right, like, right. They take your request, they'll like, we'll get back to you, and you may not hear from them. You may have to bug them. Um, but you can't, you can't even start right. without having documents. Right. You know, and so you want to know as much up front. Like, and I think that leads me to my other point, which is, you know, you got to troubleshoot early. Yes. Right? You got to early on figure out, oh, this person may be career offender because his instant offense is a drug trafficking offense. I need to make sure that he doesn't have these two priors or this person may be facing 15 years. I really have to be confident that the priors do or do not meet the definition. And that takes time. Right. And so you want to start that process early. Exactly. And, you know, we keep, you've keep, keep mentioning uh, the importance of case law. Right. Um, not just state case law, although very important, right. but you know, there are federal decisions that have been right. made about whether a prior conviction meets a particular definition right. or not. Right. Um, so, and we have a resource that you can look to. We've already mentioned the case law concierge. Right. The categorical approach is one of the topics that is offered. Yes. I think it's the one that always has the most cases. Because, Agreed. Because it's one where the circuits are like really busy because people have been litigating and then it gets up there and they say, all right, what about my Missouri robbery? You know? Right. What about my North Carolina kidnapping? Like, so it could very well be that if you started with that, the answer may have already been there. Right. Right. Maybe your circuit or maybe some other circuit has already ruled on it. Right. So, I mean, that's a good resource. Yep. Um, and of course they can always call the helpline. Yes. Um, and, we can walk you through the steps. Right. We don't always have answers. We don't always have answers. Um, but don't suffer in silence. Right. Either, you know, like, that's true. Ask for help. Yes. Because it's complicated. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible. And I think I always, I, I, I know you and I taught once, and I always told them, like, please take pressure off yourselves. I told probation officers. I tell lawyers too, you know, take, the, take some pressure off yourselves. Like, if you get it wrong, it's not like people are going to say, oh, wow, that person was really, really dumb. Like, right. no one says that. Right. It's really hard, you yes. know? And, again, because we're all the case law is developing, we all just have to try our best to provide the court with as much information, right, with the right documents and the case law and the research to help the court make the right decision. Right. And I think that's what it is at the end of the day. We just... You give all the information that you can right. so that the court can make an informed decision. Right. And, uh, and that's really all I think we can do in the categorical approach. Well, I think we're done. I think Kristen. we're done. Um, thanks, great. For, thanks for visiting yes. Sentencing Practice yes, Talk. Yes, thanks for having me. Rachel will be back to regularly scheduled programs soon. Fantastic. And uh, like I said, we're going to have some resources up on the web as you're listening to this to help you guide through it. We are here anytime on the helpline 
And we look forward to your questions after hearing this podcast series. Thanks for joining us. Bye. This wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk, today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case. Thank you.